0: Roger, I appreciate that. thankful that when I'm saved, I'm forever changed. That's a great truth. That that encouraged my heart today. I appreciate him singing, and I appreciate his willingness to do that. Let's take our Bibles and go to uh, Philippians chapter number one, if you will, please. Philippians chapter one this morning. I am certainly grateful uh, for the opportunity to speak this morning. Pastor Philip asked me a few weeks ago, and I began to think through what the Lord had me to share this morning. And this is the the passage that uh, he and I talked about one day, and he said, why don't you preach that on the last day of the year? I said, I'll do it. And uh, I love opening God's Word and teaching and preaching it. And I'm thankful again for this opportunity. Philippians is one of my favorite books to uh, read through and study through. And uh, let me say this before we get into this passage. I want to thank you for praying for our family over the last uh, week or so for traveling. And many of you traveled as well. And uh, many of you said you're praying and checked on us. I appreciate you doing that. We had a long trek up north to see my in-laws and had a great time with them and enjoyed being with family and uh, just enjoyed the time of rest. And it felt odd to sit and just enjoy the day and not do much because we're usually busy running. But uh, thankful for the few days of rest. And I hope you'll take the time today to to reflect on this year. Pastor Philip and I were talking this morning. This is a day of of reflecting on what God has done this year. And it's okay to think through what what He's done and what He's allowed you to go through to teach you something but I don't think that uh, we should dwell always in the past but also on the flip side of that it should be a day of looking forward to the future and the next year ahead of us 2024 it's a big year it's 150th year of Boiling Springs and I'm not sure if you knew that or remembered that but it's a big year in our church and so uh, excited about what God's going to do and excited about the future I think the greatest days of this church are still yet ahead and we're just thankful to be a small part of what God is doing here in uh, Boiling Springs and thank you for loving our family this year and thank you for just taking such good care of us. Philippians chapter 1, hope you got your place there and uh, we're going to read down here starting in verse number 1 in chapter 1 and uh, as I already said, Philippians is probably one of my favorite books uh, to study through and there's some great truths that we find and I, as you think this morning, I want you to put in your minds for just a few moments of, of what Paul was going through as far as he was writing and pinning these words to Philippians or to the church at Philippi. He was writing to them and trying to be an encouragement to them. And yet, as he was suffering in prison, being in prison, suffering for the cause of Christ because he was preaching the gospel, uh, he was trying his best to encourage the believers, really give them a, uh, an encouragement to keep moving forward. And uh, this morning, I, I've really entitled this Uh, Paul's Prayer Challenge for 2024. It's a simple uh, way to put it. Paul's challenge for us this year, and we're going to see here in just a few moments some things that he prays for, for the believers at Philippi. But let's go back to verse number one. Let's start there together. Before we get into really the heart of this passage today in Philippians chapter uh, one. We're going to really be in verse 9, 10, and 11, but I really want to study through for just a moment uh, of the first seven or eight verses, kind of get a context of what's happening right here, because this really helps us as we go into verse number 9 and look at Paul's prayer this morning. Look down to verse number 1, we're starting verse number 1. It says, Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ, the, all, to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi, and the bishops and deacons. Grace be unto you, and uh, peace from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ." I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making requests with joy, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ, even as it is meet for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart. inasmuch as much as both in my bonds and in the defense and the confirmation of the gospel, ye are are ye all are partakers of my grace, for my for God is my record how greatly I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. Now I want you to think about this. Back he begins writing this letter in verse number one, two. The Philippian believers, the believers there at Philippi, he was in prison. He was suffering or or really put in prison for giving the gospel. And so he greets the believers of Philippi. He greets the leaders. So this is a general uh, kind of opening for Paul's uh, prison epistles, if you want to call them that. And he goes on to talk about how he remembers them. I imagine as Paul was writing, and did I forget to turn this on? I'm sorry. Is it good? I apologize. I muted. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, Paul, he was writing. There you go, my fall guy. Sorry, as he was writing to them, I imagine he was thinking on the people that he had ministered to at Philippi. You imagine, think about Lydia. You think about the uh, Philippian jailer who he led to Christ. He was remembering all these people, and he thanked God. It brought him joy as he thought about the believers at Philippi. And you imagine, you think this morning, somebody maybe in your life that you instantly comes to your mind, and you think good things, joyful things about them. Oh, I know that person. They... Um, they were so-and-so that helped me with this, and we saw some friends on Friday, and they're, they're lifelong friends of ours, and we're so thankful for them. And uh, when I think about them, it brings me joy, because they were folks that ministered with us at our church in Virginia. Uh, I watched their kids grow up in our youth group, and so they were just friends. So they bring uh, thoughts of joy to my mind when I think about them. So Paul was thinking of the believers, dwelling upon them, and he begins to pray for them, and he thinks about... Uh, praying for them and he makes joy or thinks of joy with them and what uh, the believers there at Philippi and he says being confident of this thing in verse number six he he was he had full persuasion that what God had started back at the beginning of Philippi and what he had dealt with and what he had been through with them for the gospel's sake he had been fully persuaded uh, that God had began the work there that God would continue the work there at the church of Philippi he was fully persuaded on that. He knew that what God had done and began, God would continue doing. And I, I'm this morning the same way as Paul. I think what God has done, I believe what God has done over the last few years and even years of this church, God will continue to work in the future. He's not done working. We know that. And so verse, verse number seven is he even isn't for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart. Paul longed for the believers. He longed to be around them. It's hard to imagine. Uh, not being around believers on Sundays. I miss not being here at church on Sundays. I miss, I miss the time of fellowship together, and I miss being with the, the believers and spending time around God's Word and spending time uh, singing and worshiping the Lord. And so Paul was reminiscing about those moments in his heart, and he missed them. He longed for them. And he goes on to say in both bonds and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. So I imagine that Paul... And the believers of Philippi went through some struggles. They went through some hard times for the sake of the gospel. And in order to get the gospel out, they had to suffer a little bit. They had to, even him, as writing this, he was in prison for the gospel's sake. Verse number eight, for God is my record. How greatly I long after you all in the bowels of Jesus Christ. He longed to be with them. He wanted to be with them at Philippi. Even though the church of Philippi was continuing on, was moving forward, was still progressing forward for the gospel's sake, he wanted to be right in the middle of it all. He wanted to be there watching what was taking place. And then verse 9 is where we find really the heart of Paul this morning, really the challenge for us today. Look at verse number 9 together. We're going to read. This is Paul's prayer for uh, the church at Philippi. And this I pray, notice this, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. That ye may approve things that are excellent, that ye be, may be sincere and without offense until the day of Jesus, or until the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, unto the glory and praise of God. I want you to notice that first part of verse number 9. And this I pray. This is Paul's prayer challenge for us, and I believe it's a good challenge for us for 20, 2024. Let's pray, and then we'll get into the heart of the message this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together today. We thank you for the Word of God that we can open and read and study together. I pray this morning that you would speak to our hearts through your Word. I pray that you would help us, encourage us, and Lord, help us to be Lord, encouraged to go forward this new year and do more for the sake of the Gospel. I pray today that you would help me as I speak and help me to say the things only you would have me to say. I pray for those that are involved in other ministries here this morning, the kids and the nursery and the, the, the sound and video uh, fellows there, I pray you just give them all Uh, just uh, clarity of thought today as they serve in different ways. Thank you again for what you're going to do for us today in these next few moments, and it's your name we pray, amen. I want to give you three really simple uh, things from this prayer this morning, three simple truths to leave you today as you head home, as you think about this year as a day of reflection, yes, for the past year, but also a day of moving forward for 2024. I thought a lot this morning about uh, this year and what God has done, and the Lord just uh, just gave me uh, just a, a sweet moment in the car this morning coming to church, thinking about 2023, uh, many good things that happened this year, and I'm thankful for that, but I'm excited about 2024, and I'm excited about what God's going to do in this church. And I believe this morning that we take this prayer and apply it in our own lives this morning and really determine and, and, and strive to do more in 2024, I believe it's going to help us great. Look at, look at verse number 9 with me. In this I pray, it says this, first of all, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. This morning I see the first thing here is the determination. The determination. Determining to do more... Determining to move forward, and that word abound, it means a thing that overflows. It's it's abundantly overflowing, to excel more, to exceed. To, if you had a cup of water and you poured into it and it overflowed, which I sometimes do uh, by accident and spill things everywhere, uh, I, that's the idea of abounding. Paul says here that, that that it should be something continuous, moving forward, abounding, being progressively moving in a different direction forward. And so this, this should be... Uh, we, he gives us two things here that Paul wants or shows us that we should be abounding in. First of all, he wants us to abound in knowledge. Look at that with me. And this, I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge. Knowledge here this morning we see is, is really a knowledge that's gained by further experience. As Paul was writing to the believers, some seasoned believers at Philippi, some new converts at, at Philippi, imagine even as he was gone, away from there, writing this, this epistle, some have been saved, some had came to know the Lord, and so he was writing them that they would further experience and further know who the Lord is. When we grow closer to the Lord and come to know Him more, our love for Him will become greater than ever before. If we would strive and determine this year to spend more time in the presence of God, imagine what God can do in our lives. Imagine what would take place if we would just determine right now, I'm gonna do more in 2024. I've seen that phrase go around, I like it. Uh, More in 2024, doing more for the Lord, studying God's word more, being a better witness more often, uh, winning my family to Jesus, winning my friends to Jesus more, doing more in 2024. Our desire this year should be to know him greater. Paul says here in verse number nine, that your love may abound. Remember that word abound, overflowing, overflowing excessive, it's progressive moving forward, it's, it's, a, it's a forward um, uh, momentum, if you will, abound yet more and more in knowledge. And what happens is we get to know the Lord more and we get deeper in our relationship with Him. What happens is we begin to love the believers, we begin to love those around us in a more greater way. Our love for others will become greater. You know, love drives people to do extraordinary things, Right? Think about love of Jesus for for us. He died on the cross. What a a, no greater sacrifice than of him laying down his life for you and I. The greatest of all. But you think about love. I I was thinking last night, uh, the kids were getting ready for bed. And I was thinking uh, through this passage. And I was thinking back to the days that uh, when I was dating my wife. How many of you remember those days of dating your spouse? Anybody remember those days? Yeah, sometimes it's good to go back and think. Uh, We're coming up on 11 years this year. Um, 11 years. And so, is that right? 11 years. I don't know. I can't remember. I'm going to be in trouble now. But I was thinking back to the moments of us dating. And I was thinking back to the years uh, or the year that we dated for a little while. And we, we would, I was in Virginia and she was in Pennsylvania. And we were talking. And what happened? We got to know each other. And we began to uh, draw closer to each other. And we began to uh, love one another more. And what happens? Our love for each other became greater. And so that is the same way that our relationship, as Paul prayed, should be with the Lord. As you become a knowledge, a knowledge of Him, of who He is, and what He's done for you, and the sacrifice that He's given for you, you can't help but draw closer to Him and get to know Him more. And so um, uh, this works the same way as we learn more about the Lord. 1 John 4, 7. Let's turn there together this morning. 1 John 4 verse number 7 if you have your bibles you can follow along or just mark your place there in uh, your bible or just want to listen that's perfectly fine but these are verses to kind of go back to as we think about this about our, our knowledge of who the lord is and determining to know him more first john 4 7 first john 4 verse number 7 it says this beloved let us love one another for love is of god and everyone that loveth is born of god and every, and knoweth god and he that loveth not knoweth not god For God is love. And this was manifest, the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten son to the world that we might through him live. Here in his love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sin. That, That can't help but cause us. Lord, thank you for what you've done for us. Lord, thank you for the ultimate sacrifice of love that you've bestowed upon us. And so our love should act out of, no, or our, our love should act with knowledge, not emotion. We know what Christ has done for us. We know that he loves us and cares for us, and so it should cause us to want to know him more, and thus loving those around us more. Another great passage to write down this morning is 2 Corinthians 5, 14, for the love of Christ constraineth us. It, it pushes us to do love him more, to love others around us, because thus judge that if one died for all, that we are all dead. We know that Christ loved us so much, gave us uh, the sacrifice of his dear son, as we just celebrated the birthday of Jesus just a few days ago. I hope you took time to reflect on that and, and read uh, the gospel of, of Luke chapter 2 and think about what, what that day, that very special day, uh, a day that changed history forever. And so we're thankful for that. But his love for us, so great. But not only did Paul tell the believers, let's go back to our text of Philippians chapter 1, not only did he tell the believers to abound in knowledge, but he also went a little further and said, abound not only knowledge, but abound in judgment. Notice this, the word judgment here really means to uh, have discernment of moral, uh, ethical matters, meaning that you, if you see something, it's right or it's wrong. If I see a sign that says I'm supposed to be going 25 and I go 26, that is against the law, right? So it's choosing right and wrong. We know, Paul, Paul gives us, the, the, we know, we, we know what's right and wrong, right? We know that. So Paul says here as a believer, not only do I want you to abound and have excess, overflowing understanding of who God is, but he also says to abound in judgment. About in being wise, making the right decisions, doing right and wrong. This year, uh, this upcoming year, you have a clean slate, a new year to start over. That, that's, that's exciting. It's an opportunity to do uh, new things, new goals, set new um, uh, things for your life. How many of you already set some goals for 2021? Anybody set some goals? Good. It's okay to do that. We, we sat down and went over some things for next year, excited about some goals for next year we want to accomplish and see God do. Uh, but I, I think it's a good thing to have some good goals and make right decisions and do what's right. And Paul was trying to pray this prayer, abound in knowledge, abound in jo- judgment. You know how many decisions we make a day. You think about, just since you be- before you came to church morning, how many decisions you made this morning, thousands of decisions a day. I, I, I've read I've read somewhere, different reports say uh, 20,000 decisions on, on as small as what am I going to wear today, or I'm going to eat for lunch today? What I'm going to eat for lunch is always on my mind or always my decision. Yes. Uh, but, but you make decisions all the day, right? So we need to abound in judgment. This is Paul's prayer for them. And, and, and so as I think about that, 1 Corinthians two fourteen through 16 says this, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can we, he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged by no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ." We as believers have Him, Christ, to help us make decisions. And so we need that. We need wisdom and discernment and judgment, making the right decision, right and wrong, choosing to do right. I've heard this phrase before where I went to school, and not, not choose between the good and, or, uh, good and bad, it's between, between the best choice, making the best, taking the high road, choosing between the good and the best, making the right decision, always choosing the best, always choosing to do what's right. And this was part of Paul's prayer for the Philippian believers. So first of all, notice what we mean, the dec- our determination to know Christ more. Look at verse number 10. We'll move on here this morning. So not only do we see the determination to know Christ more, but we see also this morning discernment, or having discernment. So really, I think verse 9 flows right into verse 10. So Paul says to believers, abound in knowledge, abound in judgment. And so verse 10 says that ye may approve things that are excellent that ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. So when you have wisdom and knowledge and judgment of who God is and having the right decisions you can make, choosing right and wrong, having discernment, that goes right into verse 10, that you may prove the things that are excellent. You may make the right decisions. This idea of prove means to test or examine, to scrutinize, really to put it under a magnifying glass and look at it. And that is what Paul is saying in our own lives that we should test, examine, prove, have discernment in our life. Am I, making, am I making the right decisions? Paul's idea here is that we should carefully examine the things and approve them only if they pass the test. So let's sing this morning with our own lives. Examine our own lives for a moment. You in your own life, my and my own life. I've, I've heard my dad use this illustration before. He said, what if we could hook up a machine to your brain and put it on the wall and you could see all the things that you thought this morning, maybe the things that you're thinking right now. And, and, and we would all, some of us probably be very ashamed. We might laugh a little bit together too, of course. But those things, we should look at our own lives and examine, as Paul says here, that ye may approve things that are excellent. Be approving things that are excellent. Is your life genuine? Is it real? Paul here is urging the believers to approve things in their lives that would please God. Maybe in 2023 you made some decisions that did not please God. I'm there. There's times where I'm, I made a mistake. I'm human like anybody else is. There's times where I didn't obey the Lord or I didn't listen like I should have. I should have made this decision and not this decision. So in 2024, maybe a a prayer would be, Lord, help me to to have the right discernment. Help me to have the right decisions. Help me to make the right things in my life and do what's right. You know, people watch other Christians. Christians watch Christians, but lost people watch Christians and what they do. They watch uh, how they live, how they act. You know, growing up, uh, as a pastor's kid, I always was watched more than others. Any pastor's kids in here? Anybody else? Oh, there's a whole slew of y'all. So you know, pastor's kids are, are looked at often. They're watched. But, uh, you know, and, and so I learned to obey the Lord and please the Lord. And that, not that I answered a man, but I, I always tried to obey and honor my parents, but you know, what Christians in general are watched. And so Paul is saying that there needs to be some discernment in our own lives. There needs to be some times when we need to think clearly about the decisions we're making, that ye may approve verse 10 things that are excellent, that ye be sincere and without offense until the day of Christ. So so we know that our lives should be genuine, they should be pure. What you see as Christians, what you should get. Live like any moment Jesus could come back. We're going to see it in a moment, in this latter part of this verse, till the day of Christ. We'll get there in just a moment. But, but Paul's final prayer in verse 10 was that they be sincere and without offense till the day of Jesus Christ. That, that word sincere carries the idea of tested by sunlight. If, if you shine a light on something, it's looked at, it's watched, you can see it clearly. Um, anybody ever been spotlighting before? I don't know if you can do it here in North Carolina, but when I was growing up as a kid, one of the, my favorite things to do in Pennsylvania with my cousins was to go spotlighting. You look for deer and animals. You sit in the back of the truck bed and shine a light. As that light goes across that, that field, that's, that's what I think of when I think about the word sincere. Is you're shining that light, uh, and, and it's, it's testing it by light. It's, it's looking at it with light. And that's what Paul is saying about our lives. They should be sincere. They should be honest. There should be some sincerity in what we do and how we live and how we live for the Lord. And so simply put, we just, we must be real, genuine, real, be sincere without offense to the day of Jesus Christ. I'm thankful this morning. I was thinking even last night about my my parents and what I saw growing up is the reason I became a Christian. One of the reasons that I'm still in ministry today, because what I saw at home, it was real. When my parents came to church, it's who they are. When they came home, it's who they were. There was no difference about them. I saw real, genuine Christianity in my parents, and it caused me to want to be, be like that. I want to be what they have. I want to live like they live. I want to live for the Lord, enjoy the Christian life. They did. We had many great moments, hard times as well, too, as in the ministry, but there's many great days and great victories and things. We saw God do many wonderful things. I'm thankful for that. But what I saw at home was the same thing I saw everywhere else, and I, want, I wanted that. I want to be that for my family. And maybe one thing this year that you could challenge, and I've given you a number of things this morning, but that you be sincere and without offense till the day of Jesus Christ. So when that, Paul says there in verse number 10, that latter part, till the day of Christ, means that till basically it comes back for us. It's the rapture. That's the next thing that takes place. And right after the rapture takes place, we'll be at the judgment seat of Christ. So we know that then everything will be tested by sunlight in our lives. We'll answer to the Lord. We'll stand before him and answer. So Paul, so we can bring this kind of, this verse number 10 to a, a kind of to a head here. Paul wanted the believers at Philippi to keep the day of judgment in mind, to keep... The day the Lord would return in mind. Why was Paul writing this? Why, why do you think Paul what was encouraging the believers in these ways? I, I imagine Pastor Philip, I'm talking this morning, maybe there was some uh, some outside problems coming in. There was church fighting. We know that within the church there was problems. And so Paul was trying to encourage them, be ready. The Lord's coming back. The Lord is coming. We know that. He's coming and we should be ready as well. So have discernment. We know that the Lord gives us Uh, This passage here to encourage us this morning to be determined to know him, verse number 9. Be discerning, verse number 10. Look at verse number 11. We'll finish here together this morning. Let's look at verse number uh, uh, 11. I'm sorry, verse number 11. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, unto the glory and praise of God. This is the latter part of Paul's prayer. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, unto the glory and praise. I call this the declaration. So we know that Paul has encouraged us to determine to know him more. Determine to get deeper with Christ this year. Have discernment. We need it. We need the Lord's mind. We have the mind of Christ as believers. We can be discerning. And then declare who you are. Paul Paul gives them really this uh, challenge in verse number 11. Declare who you are. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, unto the glory and praise of God. Righteousness refers to doing what is right. Simply doing what is right. The fruit of righteousness is a good life. Often uh, people would say, well, is this the right way? Or is this a popular way? Is, this every, is everybody doing it this way? Or does this make me feel good? The world says that. But the Christian must simply ask themselves, is this right? Would this declare who I am in Christ? Would this declare who, who I belong to? What, it's what I'm about to take part in. Would, would God be honored in that thing? So we know there's products of righteousness. There's products of righteousness. First, there's inward fruits. Look at verse number 11. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness. Would you go to Galatians chapter 5 with me quickly this morning? Let's look at these fruits here for just a moment. As Paul gives them, he was referring to the fruits in their life. Paul would see fruits... He would see people saved. He would see those people that got saved in the church. They would serve in the other ways and they would grow. And as you think about Paul's prison epistles to the different churches as he wrote to them, uh, he was encouraging those believers there. I imagine there was the, the believers growing and learning. And so he was seeing fruits from afar. He was watching what was taking place. Look at Galatians chapter 5. So this is why he reminds them again of these fruits. We need to be reminded this morning of these things. Often we, we neglect them or we forget about them. Look at Galatians chapter 5. These a familiar passage this morning. Galatians 5, verse 22. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit. Notice this. Would you read them with me? If you have your Bibles, let's read them together, can we? But the fruit of the Spirit. Here we go. Love, joy, peace, long gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. And it says, against such, there is no law. As you read those things in your mind, have these fruits been evident in your life? Man, that's thought-provoking, isn't it? Thought-provoking. Love. Have I shown the love of Christ this year? In every action, in every attitude, have I shown the love of Christ? As I'm standing in a 20-people line at the store, have I shown the love of Christ? As I'm going back to the store to return items after Christmas and the line's out the door, have I shown the love of Christ? As somebody cuts me off in the road, have I shown the love of Christ? People that come on this property, I think, have I shown the love of Christ to them? Have, have 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 I shown joy Have I shown peace? Have I been gentle? Have I been kind to them? Have I shown meekness, temperance? Paul says these fruits should be in your life. They should be. They should be evident. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness, doing what is right. When we begin to love God supremely, spend more time with him, inward fruit will begin to blossom. You know, I love the springtime. It's a time of change and things begin to blossom. Flowers, trees, uh, fruit trees begin to blossom. It's a time of change. So that's what Paul says in our lives. There should be these fruits blossoming in our lives. Love for him and others will begin to blossom. Joy can be found as a fruit when we begin to do it right, when we live right, when we obey the Lord, when we're determining to know him and having discernment, we declare who we belong to. All these fruits begin to blossom in a believer's life. But there's also fruits of outward actions. Look at verse, or go to John chapter 15 with me. It's a familiar passage. Again, we're going to finish here in just a moment. John chapter 15. These are outward actions. So what happens? We begin to know him, spend time in his word, spend time in his presence, abide in him. We're going to see in just a minute. And though these outward actions begin to happen. If we strive to know the Lord, love him supremely, these outward fruits begin to happen or begin to blossom. Look at John 15, verse number 7. John 15. It says, if ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will And it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified. Notice this, that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. That word abide really means, carries the idea of staying, just staying put. A few weeks ago, uh, uh, there was a verse that came to my mind the verse of, Be still, know that I am God. I think it was a busy day. And uh, sometimes it's good to just be still. My parents growing up, you say, Can he be still? Can he sit still? I'm telling my kids, Cassie, sit still. (laughs) You know, I catch myself doing the things that my parents told me to my kids now. And so be still, be still and know that I'm God. Sometimes it's good just to abide in the presence of the Lord. When we begin to abide in Him, spend time in His presence, these outward fruits begin to show. So these uh, uh, results of an inward attitude begin to show outwardly. If we truly love God, if we're going close to Him, it can't help but come out. It can't help but have love and joy and peace and long-suffering, gentle, meekness. This is what Paul was praying for the Philippian believers. That it was outwardly showing. Their fruits would be shown outwardly. That they would declare of who they belong to. Let's go back to our text in Philippians. Look at that one more time this morning with me. So Paul says, then then what happens? So these fruits, inward, outward, begin to happen. And then it says this in the latter part of verse 11, unto the glory and praise of God. So we begin to live for him. We begin to declare who he is. We begin to spend time in his presence. What's going to happen is God's going to get the glory. The goodness of a Christian is unto the glory and praise of God. The Christian does not does good work not to earn his salvation, not to accumulate merit with God, not to win the applause or approval of men, not to follow his conscience, his own personal conscience. His motivation is, the believer, the motivation is to the glory and praise of God. Everything we do this year should be the glory of God. Everything in 2023 should have been done for the glory of God. Snow tubing should be done for the glory of God. Living for Him doing what he wants us to do, it all brings glory to him. So does your life point to Jesus? Does your life point back to him, declaring who he is? Look at verse number 12. Why Why all these things? Why does Paul pray for the Philippian believers to determine to know who he is, to have discernment, to declare who he is? Notice verse number 12. I believe this is really what Paul's heart was. It was heart, he had a heart for the gospel. He had a heart to win more. He had a heart to do more. Look at verse 12. But I would you should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out, rather, notice this, unto the furtherance of the gospel. So that more people would come to Christ. Why do you need to be filled with the fruit, or why do you need to have fruits of the Spirit? Why do you need to be sincere and honest? Why do you need to be genuine? Why do you need to uh, have knowledge and judgment? Because the furtherance of the gospel. For more people to come to Christ. For more people to know Him this year. What would you say this morning your life is all about? If we came home with you today... And we talk to those around you, your family, your friends, the people you spend time with. What would they say your life is all about? What would they say you are are a car person, you love cars, or uh, you love sports, or you love this? I hope my kids say, my dad loves Jesus. My family loves the Lord. I I hope that uh, as people see Bowling Springs, they say, that church, they love love the Lord, they love other people. Uh, They're genuine, they're real. What would you say our church is all about? More for the gospel. Paul says all these things happened unto the furtherance of the gospel. I suffered in prison for the gospel's sake. I went through shipwreck for the gospel's sake. I went through beatings for the gospel's sake. This is Paul's prayer, that they would determine to know Christ more. They would have discernment in their everyday uh, interactions, and they would declare who they belong to. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? Bow our heads for just a minute this morning. I'm going to have a word of prayer, and then turn it over to Brother Philip, Pastor Philip, this morning here in just a moment. I want you to think right there in your seats for just a moment. Maybe this year, something before the piano even plays, before we even sing, maybe